0: To learn who rules over you, simply find out who you are not allowed to criticise. You are listening to ACH, I'm Andy, your host, and today I'm delighted to welcome back my good friend Dr Peter Hammond for his weekly visit. I'm going to bring him up right now. Peter, are you with me? Hello,
1: Andrew. Good afternoon. How are you today?
0: Uh, Good afternoon. Uh, I'm I'm fine, Peter. It's great to have you on board as always. And today Peter's got a, a presentation for us entitled The Real... Purpose of distractions in the media, and of course, that's a very uh, big topic that uh, I focus this show on. Many shows I do, because I believe that it's the media that essentially are governing the country by controlling people's perception, rather than the governments themselves. So, where would you like to start us off today, Peter?
1: Well, we've got a interesting. You know, there's always distractions. I think uh, the most important thing for us to remember is that the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. And you won't know what the main thing is by focusing on the disinformation media. The mainstream, lamestream media specialize in distracting us from the real story. So whenever we uh, see a big story in the media, we should be looking around for what's the really important story that the lamestream media are trying to distract us from, that they're ignoring. Because distraction enables criminals, particularly in the New World Order, to steal and kill and get away with it. So, just as an example, in South Africa right now, we have a uh, really bad hair day for Clicks. Now, Clicks is a pharmaceutical chain store. They've got something like 2,700 pharmacists around South Africa. I'm sure they've got over 800 stores in their chain stores around the country. So, it's a major employer, and... Uh, They are in the middle of the crosshairs of media. This is the top of the hour, biggest story right now. This is like a Black Lives Matter manufactured crisis in America uh, type of things. So what happened is there was an advert. We're talking about a TV advert, which I haven't seen and nobody can see because it's been taken down because it's apparently so bad and so racist. And uh, nobody can see the context. About all we allowed to hear is how bad and racist it was. And what it comes down to is they just give you two screenshots, one screenshot. So we don't see the context. I never saw the original advert. Nobody that I know has. But uh, the thing that's causing riots, petrol bombs, bombs, firebombs, trashing of stores, forcible closing of all these hundreds of clicks, pharmaceutical chain stores around the country. is, They put on a a shampoo advert um, where they spoke about damaged hair and apparently the picture was of a black person's hair, and then it spoke about um, healthy hair, and apparently the picture was of a white person's hair. And uh, as a result of this, uh, they are screaming blue murder, and particularly our BLM group was called the Economic Freedom Fighters, or EFF. I call them the Everything for Free Party, EFF. But the Economic Freedom Fighters are calling for a complete boycott lockdown blockade of clicks pharmacies because of this uh offensive racist shampoo ad now uh, the first thing when my son drew drew my attention to this because i don't read newspapers and i don't watch tv and we don't have a tv in our house and we never have in the 31 years i've been married and so on so Uh, I need to be told about these sort of things sometimes because I wouldn't notice it otherwise unless some good friend passes things on to me through social media or link and so on. And uh, so the moment he told me about this, I said, well, but what's the context? Let's see the advert. But nobody can see it. He hasn't seen it. All we get is these two screenshots where where they're talking about damaged hair. It seems to be a black person's hair. And when they're talking about uh, healthy hair, it seems to be a white person's hair. And so, Uh, Interesting, once you do a little bit of investigating uh, in this, uh, what do we find? But interestingly, uh, we find that the pharmaceutical company, which is being targeted, uh, has a black uh, marketing manager. Their marketing manager is Veli Mabena. So a black man approved, asked for, organized, paid for this advert. Uh, then you find out that the company, the advertising company that produced this advert, is a completely black-run company. It's a, a BBBEE, as we call it. So it's a broad-based black economic empowerment affirmative action company, which means it's got to be black-owned and all the rest of it uh, by law in this country. Uh, in your country, you have affirmative action to protect minorities. In South Africa, they have affirmative action to protect uh, give privileges to the majority and to penalize and discriminate against the minority, which is interesting. But the entire Clix company is one big BBBEE affirmative action company. And they they boast that they gave billions of rands of shares free to their black employees, not to the white employees, only to the black employees, and that they every year are funding bursaries for hundreds of black students and they say all the students they sponsor are black none of the students they support are white so they are only using racial quotas completely to help uh, only the majority not to help the minority and uh, so there's no minority rights in south as as you can gather and so here we've got riots which has included firebombing shops forcible closing of over 800 of these pharmaceutical Uh, stores all over the country, which is creating unemployment for thousands of the employees and a lot of problems, including life-threatening problems of people who need their pharmaceutical uh, provisions given, uh, some of which is from, well, their medication, some of them are really life threatening and health affecting. And in many cases, the way it works here, your script is held by a specific pharmacy so if you can't get from your local pharmacy you may not be able to get it at all if it's a scheduled medicine that that a doctor's prescribed so that's interesting so what we've got is an advert that we're not allowed to see to make our own mind about which was produced by black advertising company and authorized by a black marketing manager of a company that's completely broad-based black economic empowerment and it's been called racist, and now they're rioting and attacking whites and threatening the lives of whites and attacking pensioners, white ladies, trying to get into these shops for the medicines that they need and uh, being being told that, you know, we hope you all die and so on and so forth. And this one woman was saying, I need this for my elderly father. And they said, well, condolences to your father. Uh, he's going to die. And uh, so you get a lot of hate speech, you would have thought, on the streets and these people. But quite a from of the fact that this is a lot of nonsense and this is a real distraction. And I've lived in Africa my whole life, which is 60 years. And you can go into any black majority area in any country across Africa. And what do you find on the shelves overwhelmingly is a vast array of 20 or 30 different types of hair straighteners and about 20 to 30 different types of skin lighteners. So, Just as I've noticed that my mother, who had curly hair, often wanted her hair straight, and my sister, who had straight hair, often wanted her hair to be curly, and the fact that we know that whites often want to get a tan, and blacks often want to get skin and advertisers play on this general dissatisfaction and accentuate the dissatisfaction that whatever you've got isn't good enough and however you look needs to change. And whatever you're wearing needs to be uh, upgraded, changed and improved on and so on. And whatever edition of whatever you've got is out of date and you need to get newer. So advertising breeds on discontent. And so all over the place, you just think of Michael Jackson, who uh, spent millions of dollars to basically change his whole facial structure uh, to make himself look less black and make himself look more white. And uh, everything from changing his nose, bone surgery, facial surgery, skin lightener, hair straightener, the whole deal. Uh, and, uh, And yet he's still considered a great hero of the blacks. And many black shows and adverts and media continually pushes the ideal that you've got to get lighter hair, a uh, lighter skin colour, and you've got to get straighter hair, which seems silly and stupid and weird to me because why are people not happy the way they're made? And, you know, just down to the fact that why do whites continually want to get a tan and blacks continually want to get skin lighter? Uh, just <laughs> the stereotype alone um, is to me something that's quite bizarre, but I expect this of advertisers. I don't think advertising is reflecting reality I think advertising is many cases trying to make a buck by making people dissatisfied with however they are and so I generally ignore the media but I can't help but notice that a vast amount of advertising is anti-white it often depicts the white people as stupid and I don't know what it's like in your country but in my country if you see a couple it's overwhelmingly going to be a black uh, on advertising I'm talking about a black man a white woman, and if a white male is there, he's a kind of stupid half-wit in the background who's acting like a goofball. And that's such a stereotype. It's it's tedious. But we get stereotypes and anti-white racism in our adverts, not to mention mainstream Hollywood movies, so over and over that you barely notice it after a while because this is just what we expect from the advertisers and the entertainment industry. And yet, every now and then, there is a scandal. So uh, look at this. This is something posted on the 22nd of August. On the 22nd of August, just a couple of weeks ago, a black man in South Africa posted an article saying the ANC is getting a lot of flack from the public for corruption. In fact, people are furious because the government has had to admit that they stole, mismanaged, lost over 500 billion rand, which is meant for COVID relief, for the lockdown relief, to help people who were adversely affected by the lockdown. Obviously, it put tens of millions of people out of work. It bankrupted whole massive industries, especially family and small companies and, and home cottage industries. And so this 500 billion Rand relief is meant to be uh, helping those who were suffering with the government lockdown regulations. And so uh, when people are complaining all over that nobody's been getting this, well, except a few government cadre uh, supporters of, of uh, uh, government relatives and so on, uh, but basically the average person has been getting nothing. And so a black man posted, ANC is getting a lot of flack from the public. You know what this means. We are in for a race controversy in our media to be splashed 24-7 over our newspaper news coverage. It's coming. Get ready. And lo and behold, next thing, what do you know, there's a bad hair day for clicks and... Shampoo, smokescreen, and uh, this is a case of when shampoo can actually be used as a smokescreen. And I posted an article immediately after this saying, if the Everything for Free Party really were economic freedom fighters, they would be fighting for freedom from lockdown curfews and against the corruption of the ANC gangster state. Whenever there's a big story in the media, look for the really important story, which the lamestream media are ignoring distraction enables criminals to steal and get away with it you would think that with our cancer government and our right cancer small c capital anc small er because our government here the initials are anc uh, which i say stands for abortion nepotism and corruption uh, but to emphasize that i put a small c a capital anc and a small er pointing out that the anc our government's a cancer a cancer is a cell that doesn't do any good for your body. It doesn't build up and, and give nutrition to your body. It breaks down, poisons, and kills the body. And uh, that's exactly what our government's like. So I'll point out the middle letters of cancer is A and C. So you would think that the cancer government corruption, looting one third, 32% of a gross domestic product, our GDP, endemic corruption, stealing from everyone, a gangster state, looting public enterprises, like our national airways, our electricity supplier, our nationalised telecom and so on, scheduled blackout power failures daily, our lockdown economic murder of hundreds of thousands of family businesses, killing investment, chasing away investors and job creators, murdering our farmers, the food suppliers, and murdering economic growth this country, the endemic violent crime, the widespread failure of governments on every level possible, along with top-heavy, unnecessary, unworkable, unconstitutional, lockdown, martial law, curfew oppression, you would have thought that these would be the concerns of every citizen. Yet conveniently, manufactured grievances regularly pop up to distract voters from the criminal failure, incompetence and theft of the political elite looting this country. Just how gullible can we be? And uh, that has gotten a lot of traction and uh, note and positive response from people all over the country as they've seen, yes, this this is just like that. And uh, what we are getting here is distractions and smoke screens. And uh, the dictionary definition of a smoke screen is something that hides the truth about someone's intentions. Instead of doing something about the problem, the city council is hiding behind a smoke screen of bureaucracy is one of the uh, examples given, for example, uh, in dictionary there. And they use words like, hiding, camouflaging, drowning, obscuring. And uh, that's what we are dealing with. We're seeing a distraction continually so that instead of our mainstream media, giving us the news, they're giving us a whole lot of views. And instead of giving us the wide angle lens of context, they're often giving us the zoom lens, focusing in on non issues, they derail people from real issues, they distract us from the main issues, they deviate us from what really matters. And we've been bombarded with what? Distractions about things that often are so dishonest. For example, they had the whole world focusing on how a Minnesota white policeman had murdered George Floyd in Minnesota. And as a result, billions of dollars of damage was done by looting, rioting, uh, branding every policeman and and every white in the world as racist and so on and so forth. And now it turns out since they've released the body cam footage, which was restricted and and kept from people for months, that George Floyd couldn't breathe and was struggling because before uh, getting uh, restrained, because of drug overdose, that is plainly uh, from the uh, autopsy and so on. The man was dying of a drug over- overdose. He would have died of a drug overdose whether he had been arrested or not. He was not murdered. He died because he was a career criminal who was overdosing on drugs that he had uh, self-inflicted. And uh, all of this was kept away from people, including the uh, body cam footage of the police showing him resisting arrest violently. And he's a big, strong man, stronger than, and four policemen were struggling to restrain him. And uh, so you find out that this narrative that the entire world believed and caused havoc over through media 24-7, focusing on a very short edited version of what they wanted you to see, not giving you the, the full story, which is consistent with the uh, riots in Los Angeles in 1990s, uh, the Rodney King riots, where also they gave an edited version of four white policemen apparently beating a black man. And as a result, there was a huge amount of riots, a lot of chaos caused, uh, death and destruction, people murdered as a result and so on, torn from the cars and beaten for no other reason, being white. And when it came down to it, the jury had to acquit the police because when they saw the full footage, you could see the Rodney King, who is a career criminal, was uh, resisting arrest. He is on drugs, he is violent, he was strong, he was everything they tried to use to try and restrain him with the the, uh, taser, Uh, electrocuting systems and so on stun guns none that worked this man was just attacking and didn't matter how often they put him to ground he got up again but an edited version was shown 24 7 for weeks and months so everyone around the world thought they saw four white racist los angeles police department men beating for no reason some poor innocent black man who's minding his own business but when you saw the whole video which the jury saw and finally was released many months later, you realized, oh, my, uh, the context changed everything. And how many times have we been distracted by non-issues like gender confusion, gender fluidity, men being able to use women's bathrooms, men running in women's sports categories, pretending that they're now self as? Are these the most important issues in the world? When we consider and Forgive me using this kind of example, but I've been a missionary to the Persecute Church now for 38 years. And I know of Christians and have documented these, Christians being massacred, crucified, tortured. This is not a rare exception. This has been a consistent pattern of behavior in communist and radical Islamic countries that throughout the Muslim Middle East, throughout the whole of North Africa, through a lot of South Central Asia and Red China, they're Christian slaves. There's torture. There's hideous mistreatment of of the church. I have been bombed in churches while preaching and worshiping on Sunday. I've been arrested and tortured for being a missionary and for smuggling Bibles. And what I've documented and seen, eyewitness and reported in my books, like in the Killing Fields of Mozambique and Faith Under Fire in the Fine Sudan, Holocaust in Rwanda. Uh, most people will, don't even know about why, because. The media doesn't care about Christians getting murdered and it doesn't care about churches being burned and bombed and Christians being kidnapped and forcibly converted and tortured and maimed and crippled or women having acid thrown in their face in Afghanistan or Pakistan or Saudi Arabia because they're not wearing the full facial veil of the uh, hijab uh, or the burqa as required by law in some of those countries and women with with faces disfigured from acid thrown in their faces this is not news they rather want to go after manufactured fake news and uh, i'm now getting completely convinced that what is going on out there is a systematic attempt to distract us from the real story and every day we influenced by the media posters, billboards, social media, newspapers, TV, Twitter, a host of other media, which often gives us views instead of news. And while they claim to be neutral, newspaper journalists and TV presenters and editors are often presenting news from an anti-Christian, globalist, new world order perspective. And uh, what we are seeing now is a major shift in our whole society as a direct result of media manipulation. And we're plainly being derailed from our Christian roots. And we are being distracted from the real news. And we are being deviated from what really matters. So it's confused, divide and conquer. Perhaps some listeners have seen the film Wag the Dog, which is based on the actual event where under Bill Clinton as President of America, he started a completely unnecessary war against Serbia, bombing them. Basically, doing the work of the Al Qaeda affiliated terrorists in Bosnia, uh, supporting Muslim terrorists, attacking the Orthodox Serbian Christians who were fighting against Muslim terrorists of Al Qaeda variety in Bosnia. And America wages war for no other reason, it turned out, after investigation than to distract the newspaper headlines from the immoral sexual scandals of Bill Clinton in the White House. And so, they literally organized a war to change the newspaper headlines. And that's not the only time such evil things have been done. There's there's a lot of examples of that. So playing the race card uh, is, is just one of the things that you see often. Uh, I also saw somebody predicting that uh, as the National Republican Convention for the Trump 2020 re-election but began, watch for some racial event. And sure enough, Again, they give the stereotype that oh, there's there's uh, some poor innocent black man's got shot by a white policeman again, you know, evil whites, uh, poor innocent blacks who never do anything wrong and so on. Well, when more details came out, it turned out that this man was a career criminal uh, on sex offenders list uh, who uh, was resisting arrest and reached into his car, uh, and there's evidence that he's reaching for a gun and he was shot while resisting arrest and reaching for a gun inside the car. He wasn't, what they showed gave the impression that this is unprovoked, no context. Uh, You know, some white policeman just walking up and shooting a man for no reason. And obviously one needs to wait for the evidence, the investigation, the facts, the forensics, everything else to come out. But, But in the short term, it looked like we were being given, again, a narrative which was out of context and which gave a false impression And which was also around to distract from an important event of, in this case, the Trump 2020 re-election bid being launched uh, at the National Republican Convention. And you've suddenly got an on-demand rent-a-mob riots all over as a result of uh, an event which suddenly got 24 hours a day uh, news coverage. So what we look at is disinformation, the intentional distortion of events or issues. Just as communist governments always set up departments of disinformation to manufacture deceit to confuse the issues. And this is exactly what uh, the uh, novel 1984 warned about, George Orwell warned about the fact that uh, governments tend to abuse language to make theft and murder sound respectable. So for example, you have violent terrorism called protests. And you have malicious damage to property and looting and arson being called freedom of expression. And rational free speech is now labeled as hate speech. And abortion, the killing of an innocent baby can be called pro-choice or removal of the products of conception. In our country, they call it T.O.P. T.O.P. What's that? Termination of pregnancy. So they've got nice euphemisms, just like the Americans used words like collateral damage to describe saturation bombing of cities uh, where A thousand bomber raids would come over and unleash thousands of tons of high explosive equipment on men, women and children uh, and pets down below in in inner cities like Dresden and Hamburg and Cologne and incinerate people by the tens of thousands in a single night. And uh, that was called collateral damage or strategic bombing campaign or saturation bombing. Nice euphemisms. And uh, they've got all kinds of different weird terms. In South Africa, we have regular power failures from our government, which they come out and call load shedding. Now, how does a power failure blackout become a load shedding? What has load shedding got to do with a power failure? But they've tried to bring out a euphemism. It almost sounds like load shedding. We've got so much power that we, we shedding some of it. It sounds like you're gonna get a whole lot for free. It sounds positive, but what they're doing is, as George Orwell said, um, making theft sound respectable. In a time of universal deceit, telling the truth becomes a revolutionary act, said George Orwell. So we're dealing with thought control, regimenting the public mind, justifying deceit, manipulation of minds, just like George Creel, who coordinated the American Committee on Public Information in the USA during the First World War. He said the goal is to manipulate attitudes, beliefs, and actions, and that we must regiment the public mind. Walter Lippmann who was uh, one of the top uh, leaders of the Committee of Public Information in America under Woodrow Wilson, said the public must be regimented. The simple-minded, sheep-like people need to be led by a specialized class of elite, enlightened elite. The goal is to make of one general will out of a multitude of general wishes. And that's why every unit in the Communist Party was to have an agitprop set- section. So, Vladimir Lenin said, Deceit and propaganda is justified because the end justifies the means. Treaties are like pie crusts made to be broken. To tell the truth is a petty bourgeois habit, but to lie and to lie convincingly is a sign of superior intelligence. So that's what Vladimir Lenin said. So it's not just propaganda. It's agit- prop, agitation propaganda. And it's more than that. It's uh, actually proper gender. No longer are they just... Uh, brainwashing people as to what to think, they're affecting what we think about, they're setting the agenda and stampeding the herd. And this is what we are fighting with on a regular basis right now. We're dealing with smoke screens to distract people uh, from the sins, shortcomings and the agenda of the government or the New World Order or the World Health Organization as the case may be. And they are managing to continually distract, and deceive, and be able to uh, confuse, divide, and conquer. That's what I think we are dealing with. We're involved in a real spiritual world war, and just some of the scripture verses that come to mind here is like 2 Corinthians 4 verse 4, whose minds the God of this age is blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. And we are warned that we should not be ignorant of Satan's devices, for he is deceiving the nations. And what Revelation warns us of, we definitely see these days, we see nations being deceived. And while many people may turn on the news thinking the Bolshevik Broadcasting Corporation or the Clinton News Network is going to let them know what the news is, actually, what they should be asking is, Why are they focusing on that? Why did they select this issue? Why are they focusing so much on non-issues? And why are they ignoring the big issues, which affect all of us? Uh, Just like this clicks bad hair day that we've just had with shampoo being used as a smokescreen in South Africa. Uh, So I'm sure in England, you face similar things. Wouldn't you say, Andrew?
0: Absolutely, Peter. And um, uh, just uh, essentially the way that the mainstream media works, it is just weaponised. Um, I think what they were doing, they had to get full control of the mainstream media. And what we've seen consistently in the UK, uh, going back many, many years, is when the immigration was ramped up and up, the reporting on this was very scant. And uh, if there was ever any, um, you know, crimes from. Uh, non-Indigenous British people uh, against the Indigenous British people, they were covered up. I mean, you'll know yourself about the uh, child sex scandals, uh, the child grooming of these Pakistani rape gangs, and they were deliberately not just covered up, these people weren't prosecuted for fear of racism. So this was a decision from the very top. Uh, And what they've been doing is they've been doing that because this immigration in the UK, when you look at things like um, the Windrush and the boats that were used, that were actually taken from the Germans, funnily enough, and then used to bring immigrants from the West Indies, Africa, what have you, to the UK. Uh, This was straight after World War One, World War Two, sorry. And that, for me, was the start of World War Three, because this is a different sort of war. What they've been doing is they've been consistently bringing uh, people into white nations for the whole purpose of building them up enough, and once they've got their numbers high enough, they are going to weaponize them against the white populations who they so detest. And this is what we're seeing now. They believe that they've got enough people there, and so now they're going to rile them up. And this is why you saw the way... I mean, you said they had the full footage of this George Floyd thing at the outset, and they deliberately edited it to... Um, you know to, to get the reaction that they wanted and so from my uh you know, opinion i think that the mainstream media that were deliberately lying to people they should be paying for all the damage of all the riots that they themselves created due to their lies and deceit that they uh masqueraded as news and the other thing that uh, i find very interesting when it comes to um the mainstream media is if we go back to Bilderberg, and obviously the Bilderberg conferences, now there's actually, in recent years, they decided to become more transparent. And whereas in the past, you'd have to go to Bilderberg.org to get uh, details of the Bilderberg attendees each year. Um, they've actually set up their own website, and they call it BilderbergMeetings.org. And .org isn't really a common thing. You'd think that they'd have gone for .com, but I believe they went for BilderbergMeetings.org because they were aware of the Bilderberg.org site that released the attendees. But what they do here is they not only give you all the attendees, but they give you the uh, agenda, and i've reported on this uh, several times before on this show so i apologize for people who've heard it before but i think it's extremely important and i'd like to get uh, your comments peter on the 2018 bilderberg meeting that took place in turin italy on june the 5th the final uh, item on the agenda before current events which is really a wrap-up was called the post-truth world and that really hmm. jumped out at me when I first saw it. And of course, you had people. I think George Osborne was there, our uh, former Chancellor, and what have you. I can get the list of participants quickly. But uh, yeah, you, you had um, you know all these senior people, and uh, James Baker from the U.S. I'm trying to Mark Carney, the governor of the Bank of England. Uh, all these sort of uh, names. Niall Ferguson. That's interesting, isn't it? Hmm. He, isn't yes. he the guy that uh, said that we were going to have all these deaths in the UK, uh, and so obviously Henry Kissinger. I don't think he's missed the meeting, um, and and all these different uh, names that we have. Yeah, George Osborne. I was right. He was then the editor of the London Evening Standard. But it's worth having a look, folks. Uh, Bilderbergmeetings.org. dot all. Have a just a little. Let, let's we can have a quick look as well of uh, what the uh, meeting was oh here the meeting 2020 is postponed so we haven't had the 2020 meeting so the last meeting was 2019 have a quick look at that um the future of capitalism brexit the ethics of artificial intelligence the weaponization of social media the importance of space cyber threats uh China and Russia are on there as well what next for Europe a stable strategic order so you know the Bilderberg group isn't the top of the pyramid the Bilderberg group are the people that come from the various countries who are you know involved at uh, managing this on a country-wide level and that's when I bring them from all over the world that's my opinion anyway from what I've seen but we know the top of the pyramid are the people that are pretty much dictated the agenda that's going to be discussed what are your thoughts Peter on the post-truth world and anything else that related to
1: Yes. And uh, as you're saying, it, my mind just is racing because uh, what a scandal that you had something like a million victims over the several decade cover up of the child rape grooming gangs, which in the end they called Asian rape grooming gangs because they didn't want to say Muslim rape grooming gangs, but that your child protection services and even Scotland Yard and local police failed to act earlier even though they had complaints, had information, knew what was going on in fear of being called racist. To think that the average person in Europe now would prefer to be raped or stabbed than called a racist. Uh, this is incredible success of a communist agitprop agenda where they have weaponized words so that people are more afraid of being called a racist than they are of actually being abused, assaulted today. So absolutely staggering and, and the cowardice of leaders and those who are responsible to enforce the law and to protect innocent, especially the most vulnerable of all, young children in, in our societies from, particularly in this case, mostly young girls being abused by these, these grooming gangs, which is what a hideous thing. And it's all part of, of the Great Replacement, where the goal is plainly white genocide. And it's got to be said that there is a campaign to destroy and to kill all the whites. And you hear it openly over and over and over. While the average person is uh, distracted with a very rigged narrative of what happened in the Second World War, they are either oblivious to or in denial or too terrified to say what they can see plainly is going on today, which is an open, it's, it's not even a conspiracy theory, it's, it's an agenda a published open agenda to get rid of whites or to bring whites down to such a small minority that they can crush them and eliminate them. You've got the daughters of uh, old uh, Obama, Barack Hussein Obama, uh, saying that they can't wait for in their lifetime to see the end of all white people. And that there've been quite a few talking about that uh, we need to have white genocide and we need to have the extinction of of white males, and we need to get rid of all white males. And this is not just said by rabble-rousing mobsters and BLM and TIFA crowds on the streets. This is said by university lecturers and professors who have openly said that they need to Make sure that there's no country in the world that has a white majority. In fact, uh, to get rid of all white males in particular is so obviously a, a an excellent goal. I don't know why anyone except a racist would object. And you had a German cabinet minister talking about that uh, uh, we are we are going to eradicate all the um, Germans in Germany uh, by multiculturalism, by uh, great replacement, by bringing in um, more. Uh, Immigrants from the third world and ensuring that they will breed faster than the uh, Germans, that we can get rid of all Nazis demographically. This is a cabinet minister in Germany uh, talking like this, that wants to see the extinction of Germans in Germany, and people talking in Norway about the need to get rid of all Norwegians out of Norway, and to see the Swedes and Sweden replaced, and so on. This, this is. Uh, So openly done, and yet the average person is terrified to quote these obviously hate speech, obviously genocidal hatred type of messages in fear of being labelled a racist. You, You can talk no end about real, imagined, or exaggerated incidents of genocide in the past, but you're not allowed to talk about the genocide that's being advocated and promoted and worked towards right now because apparently the targets for this aren't worth speaking up for or defending because a wasp, a white Anglo-Saxon Protestant is the worst thing on the planet. And I've been accused at meetings. Now, bear in mind, I'm, I'm a white African, which is a seriously, um, endangered species. We have got uh, right now something uh, ridiculous. I think that there has got to be something in the region of less uh, then much less than half a percent of the population of Africa is white Africans. So to be a white African is is um, uh, really to be an endangered species. And despite all that we've done to build up and help this continent and to treble life expectancy, and and myself being a lifelong missionary who's done a vast amount of my work helping black people in black countries to get free, such as from Arab colonialism in Sudan, uh actively involved in fighting for the independence of South Sudan uh, in the longest conflict of Africa. And yet I've, I'll have people call me a racist for attempting uh, to speak up for a minority who being persecuted by government policy of race quotas and, and so on. And uh, to think that my children are cursed and sworn at, and my grandchildren for being blonde and having blue eyes and, uh, they even use words like blue eyed devils. Now, how can this be acceptable? And so uh, basically, when you've when you've got a real genocide going on, you're not allowed to talk about it. Uh, Yet you're allowed to demonize people for something that may or may not have happened, or which may be greatly exaggerated from generations ago. And you are not allowed to be for minority rights, if the minority happens to be a a white. And uh, even though we've been Targeted and tortured to death, and we've got government people, for example, in South Africa, singing, "Kill the Boer, kill the farmer, one settler, one bullet." Now, I'm not actually a settler. I was born here. I'm 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 an African, uh, but because I have parents with European ancestry, uh, that makes me a legitimate target for race hatred, and none of my children could benefit from anything uh, whatsoever that the government is offering. Uh, in fact, not even I could, even though I was brought up under apartheid, I couldn't get a bursary or scholarship or anything like that because I was too male and too pale. Even back in the early 80s, I had to work a eight hour day job, uh, six days a week in the fire brigade to fund my way through theological college while black and colored students under apartheid uh, got their education free. I had to be overtaxed even then to provide free medical, educational, and other services and homes for blacks, while I had to work hard for um, and often just throw out a sleeping bag on the side of the road uh, or in a park uh, for myself because uh, I didn't have a home, and uh, but nobody would give me anything free in the past because I was white, and they won't now, of course, and so my children, if when they were t- uh, winning national colours and were able to go overseas to represent a country, within karate or ice skating or anything like that. uh, They had to raise everything for themselves plus more to give blacks uh, extra help, even though uh, they were not given any help themselves in the government. The government would help blacks, but they wouldn't help whites to represent themselves, to represent the country overseas. And so it is on every level. It doesn't matter whether it's university entrance, For job prospects, my children can't expect to get any break because they belong to the wrong racial minority. And therefore, there's no uh, help, not only there's no help, there are laws against companies employing um, uh, whites in this country. And so, there's a tremendous amount of uh, suffering amongst white people. And most of their entrepreneurship came to the fore, but now that was killed by the lockdown regulations, which uh, enabled these BBBEE companies to flourish, uh, but which crushed the um, initiatives of, of these small groups, whether they're a family farm or, or family-owned uh, business and enterprise. And so you can imagine uh, the heartache this caused, and yet our government, by law, no aid has been allowed to go to any white people due to the uh, lockdown regulations. All aid is only to go to blacks and colts. Not, of course, that they've gotten most of it because government steals most of it through corruption. But this is what we're dealing with. We're dealing with plain evil agenda of the New World Order, of the globalists, of the anti-Christian elements. And they are using the race card. And the Communist Party USA and the Communist Party South Africa identified massive importation of people from third world countries in order to undermine the demographics of Saudis because they perceived the biggest obstacle to the Marxist agenda were these cursed wasps, white Anglo-Saxon Protestants. The give me liberty or give me death crowd, my conscience is kept to the word of God, people. You know, the Protestants are obviously a pain to uh, conformity, top-down, totalitarian, Tower of Babel, Nineveh type of pyramid situation with all the powers on top and it's it's, um, controlling everyone underneath. And so Protestants, particularly those with an Anglo-Saxon heritage, have been perceived to be the biggest obstacle to the New World Order and the globalists. And they are trying to play race politics, even though they know that the very black people they claim to be speaking up for are always going to suffer more under their centralized socialist, top-down, globalist agenda. Uh, But whites are being targeted specifically because we're perceived as the biggest obstacle to the narrative and the agenda. And uh, that's why they are talking openly about white genocide, extinction of the whites, uh, getting rid of them. And just consider this this fact, Andrew. In 1910, whites were 34% of the world's population, and right now we're down to 9%. Back to you, Andrew.
0: Thank you, Peter. Yes, that's the uh, Kalergi plan that we always go back to on this show you can see that in action and I've, I've done shows where I've gone into the um, United Nations uh, definition of genocide and uh, how we can prove what's been happening to white people is, is, is genocide on so many levels it fits in with their definition and the other thing is if you look up the definition of an endangered species and of course we've gone down several times and I think that if you're only going down about 50 percent uh, then you're an endangered species. So we're well in that category. But of course, it doesn't apply to us because there is a worldwide plan to get whites off the planet. And Peter talked about some of the quotes from uh, different people. He's one of the most famous. This is Molig Martiev. And it's from uh, When Race Becomes Real... Black and White Writers Confront Their Personal Histories, a book by Bernstein Singley, harvardmagazine.com 2002, and this is what Noel Ignarty have said. The goal of abolishing the white race is on its face so desirable that some may find it hard to believe that it could incur any opposition other than from committed white supremacists. Keep bashing the dead white males and the live ones and the females too until the social construct known as the white race is destroyed not deconstructed but destroyed and of course this is 2002 this is exactly what we're seeing in the mainstream media today Uh, we had the murder of a five-year-old boy canon hinnant in america a black neighbor just shot him dead while he was riding his bicycle Uh, and the mainstream media Uh, in the US, it was only local media that reported on it. Some of the mainstream media in the UK did. And as I mentioned on a show with Paul English, I gave the independent article from the UK, a mainstream publication, and they talked about it, but they didn't offer any pictures of the victim or the attacker. And they didn't mention the race of the victim or the attacker. But then you go (laughs) to the next story and it's white cop did this to black man, all this. And so they want to put race when they can put white people in a bad light. But when they have to say white people are a victim they don't want to put race even when you've got a situation where a defenseless five-year-old boy is shot dead by some black attacker this is how evil these people are and this is the lens that they will go to and i firmly believe in the christian identity doctrine that i believe some jews believe also and this is why Uh, These other races are being targeted by uh, these Jewish organisations, by people like George Soros, by uh, companies funded by the media we know is in their hands. Joel Stein told us so in that famous LA Times article that they control the media, Wall Street uh, and uh, the government, etc. And so on that basis, I think that what we're seeing today is the, if you like, the Samson option. The Samson option was talked about in the 80s um, that if people didn't go along with what Israel wanted, then Israel would use their nuclear weapons to destroy the world, to take. Uh, everyone down with them if we won't uh, accept essentially you know their plans for a new world order Uh, but I think now that that's been adapted to this virus situation because you know if you're going to sort of take the world over you don't want to take over a world in ruins do you so it would be far more suitable for them to take over a world that uh, you know is well constructed and what have you and I believe that that's what we're seeing today based upon the research I've been doing over the last 15 or so years. Peter back to you.
1: Yes, uh, it's it's very sadly true. Uh, what, what we are seeing without a shadow of a doubt is a globalist new world order agenda. And again, bear in mind in the Bible, in Revelation 13, we have God warning us of evil forces who will seek to work for one world government with a one world economic system and a one world religion. And uh, that's been described in Revelation 13 in, in great detail. And Today we're seeing a globalism, an attempt to bring about a one-world economic system, a one-world government, and a one-world religion. And what's the obstacle to this? Well, in particular, it is followers of Jesus Christ, it is Protestants, it's Evangelicals, it's Bible-believing Christians. It's those who believe in decentralization, who believe in nationhood, who believe in God's laws, not man's laws, and believe that power is best defused, decentralized, because power corrupts, absolute power corrupts absolutely. We cannot allow and tolerate centralization of power because of the depravity of man, because we know that people are evil, people are sinful. And because of the doctrine of depravity of man, the Protestants have always advocated checks and balances, separation of powers into executive, legislative, judicial, decentralization as low as possible. And Switzerland's a good example of this, where you've got a multilingual, uh, multi-religious population where it works because they've got canton systems where most of the powers devolve right down to municipality. And therefore, you will not get a, a domination from one particular religious or linguistic or uh, national grouping, uh, but uh, you will, because good fences make good neighbours in that sense. But that, of course, is anathema to the New World Autocrat. The New World Autocrat wants everything mixed together. They they want everything uh, easily manipulable. And so, as George Orwell predicted in his 1984 book, and as Aldous Huxley did in his Brave New World, we're going to see a future totalitarian-type government with omnipresent surveillance systems, think closed-circuit TV cameras, uh, where there is a forced conformity, where you all have to be... And Brave New World of Aldous Huxley predicted already in the 1930s that this world will be very distracted by endless stimulations and are heavily drugged and sedated. And so that you can see the the rise of, of drug abuse, uh, including over pharmaceutical uh, being uh, prescribed, but in addition to that a, a situation where lack of conformity is punished, uh, where you could commit a thought crime which is punished by thought police, and where you've got a ministry of love who deal with torture and a ministry of peace who deal with war and a ministry of of plenty which deals with rationing and starvation and so on so basically it seems that the social commentators the people such as george orwell who used to be a communist and then understood where it was going and then uh, warned about it people need to again look at this and look at revelation 13 At the agenda of a one world government, a one world economic system, one world religion, realize where this is going to. This has to be resisted. We have to stand up and fight it. We cannot allow ourselves to be distracted in a situation of confuse, divide and conquer or corrupt and conquer. So the confuse, divide and conquer strategy you see, particularly in the uh, 1984 New World Order, uh, book, But The Brave New World speaks about the corrupt and conquer, where the society is so immoral and where the people are so subdued by drugs and endless stimulation from superficial, sensational entertainment industry that they actually lose all sense of individuality or become so apathetic that they do not see the need to stand up and resist the tyranny that's coming from central government or globalist situation. So, yes, we we need to know the truth. We need to know what we believe. We need to know why we believe it. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free, Jesus said. That's a theme of this program. And it's so important that we do know the truth, first and foremost, by studying the Bible, which is the gold standard for truth. And uh, secondly, by alternative news sources and not trusting in the mainstream, lamestream indoctrination propaganda industry, which is giving disinformation and distraction rather than focusing on what really matters. Back to
0: you, Andrew. Thank you so much, Peter. And before we go today, uh, very wise words as always. Can you please let the audience know where they can best go to find your work?
1: Thank you. Yes. Uh, you can find me, Peter Hammond, on Facebook and uh, Frontline Fellowship. And Frontline Fellowship's website is www.frontlinemissionsa.org. Frontlinemissionsa.org. We've got some audios, videos and PowerPoints and articles dealing with a range of revolutionary and terrorist uh, uh, tactics and how to resist the Marxist bullying tactics and what we can do. uh, Practically, of course, we are based in Cape Town, South Africa, the utmost parts of Earth between the warmer Indian Ocean, the cold Atlantic Ocean. Uh, Cape Town is is uh, uh, one of the most uh, pivotal cities in all of Africa, the oldest city in the Southern Hemisphere. And uh, that's where we're based, and I work throughout all of Africa, and that's given me perspectives from another hemisphere. Uh, And I feel sometimes we've been like the canary in the coal mine, that what they're doing with us is an experiment of what they intend to do to you in Europe. And it's interesting that we, uh, where I was once a majority in the country I was born in, now we're a minority, we're only 9% of the population of South Africa, which is not the way it was when I was born in 1960. And now we see that Europeans only 9% in the world's population. I think the multicultural invasion that swamped what was once a great Christian country in South Africa, where abortion was illegal, pornography was illegal, Christianity is in the schools, God was honored even in the army. And the situation where now, uh, we've been some kind of guinea pig for the new world order. And uh, they've been putting all kinds of evils and perversions into our country. South Africa is like a canary in in the coal mine. And we know where this goes, we know the agenda. And so I think we can give some warnings to those who starting to find these kind of multicultural, uh, not just increased crime, but violence and manufactured riots going on the streets of America, or even England, uh, should understand that they can learn a lot from South Africa and Rhodesia, because we've gone through so much of what you are going through and will go through. So frontlinemissionessay.org and if you want to email me, it's peter at frontline.org.za.
0: Thank you so much, Peter. Excellent show as always. You have been listening today to the real purpose of distractions in the media. I want to thank Peter, as I say, so much for joining me today. We'll be back at the same time next week. I will, of course, be back with you all tomorrow. Thank you for listening, folks. And until then... Bye for now.